This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The game is brought to you by Pacers Running Stores. Pacers has five stores in Northern Virginia and D.C., for the best running footwear, apparel, and gear, just stop by or schedule a virtual fitting with the best running experts in the business. Pacers Running exists to help as many people as possible through running. For every run, it's Pacers Running. The Washington Commanders head to Mile High to face off against the Denver Broncos here in week two. And we asked you to give us all the sorts of questions, and we're going to be getting to those. And, of course, if you're in chat, hit us up with those questions that you might have. We do have some injury and uh, updates to give here that Stoner's painstakingly, you know, pulled out and uh, gotten and I'm trying to vamp long enough for him to bring this up because <laughs> he doesn't have it backstage quite yet. Yeah. Sorry um, about that. But uh, this is going to be an interesting matchup, right? A lot of people thought Washington was going to roll over the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, that did not happen. The Broncos with Sean Payton were expected to beat the Las Vegas Raiders, who have Josh McDaniel, who nobody trusts as a uh, as a as a head coach. Mm. That didn't happen. Uh, at least ours ended up in a victory. Theirs was in a one point loss. Uh, but we're, we're so we'll talk about that and some of the the uh, information here as we're going to go to. Uh, and I'm going to have to. We're just going to do it this way because. Uh, we did mm, not set up the other version. Oh, yep. yeah, because I botched it up yesterday. So the, uh, It's all good. So here <laughs> is the entry report mm -hmm. for uh, both teams here. Washington having only one did not play or did not practice, rather, and that's Quan Martin out with a concussion. Yep. Uh, but limited in action was Curtis Samuel and Chase Young. Don't get me started, but go ahead. Full practice, Sam Cosme, Terry McLaurin. Great news there about uh, Sam Cosme uh, being able to, to be in full play. Good news on Terry McLaurin being able to be full play. Chase Young did participate and do some drills, Trevor. But Coach Ron Rivera said, hey, they're just kind of waiting this one out and listening to the doctors. Stoner is going to get on a big time rant here. So I'm going to give you the mic first, Trev on. Will we see chase young this weekend? No, I mean, it already came out that he's probably going to miss the first two weeks of the season. Um, I think Rama Vera's was one of the smokiest answers ever about that today saying 
Chase Young did all the procedures that the doctor wanted him to do. So that's where we are. What the hell does that even mean? Like, you know what I mean? From the highlights I saw on social media, he was doing ladder drills. He had full pads on. But you got a stinger in your neck and you're doing ladder drills. What procedures are you doing that the doctors want you to do that's different than any other day of practice? I don't know. It's just really foggy and smoky around this Chase Young injury situation. Stoner's ready to unleash up there. Oh, he, see, but He's turning about as red as his shirt <laughs> right now as he's got um, his mouth covered with what looks like toilet paper. <laughs> interesting choice there. I got I mean, to sure man, our audio our audio listeners know what's going on there. Let the man play, man. Like... I, I've heard of stingers on other, like other football players before in the sport, and I've never heard it taken this long and this detailed and this smoky for somebody to return from a stinger. You know what I mean? That's that was suffered in a preseason game in the first half. Like you still had two weeks after preseason, I think, before regular season starts, and you're missing a game, like a second game probably because of a stinger. What is really going on? I know people are saying, well, Chase doesn't want to play. I think Chase really wants to play. You can see it by the, his his body language on the sidelines. Is you know in the before the game on on Sunday they interviewed him at the locker. He said, "I'm ready to go. I'm ready to play." Then it came out saying, "Well, we want to see how he responds to being hit in practice first because he got a stinger." Like they're just babying him. It's just a weird situation for the type of injury it is, and I'm I'm not a fan of how foggy and smoky it is. So you're starting to come over to my side, Trev. No, I never said he's a bust. I never say it. Oh, I, I never said he hasn't that. done anything. But Ooh, you've gotten pretty close. In I'm so not... many words, you've said it. But like, yeah. I'm just, I'm just don't like the way they're handling this type of injury with Chase Young. It's just like I said, too foggy and too smoky. It's on that second slide, Nathan. The, the yeah, uh, I was, about, I was about to bring it up here uh, as uh, we do have the slide information. Uh, I just have to remember, let me just remove, add it, do it this way. Uh, second slide here, John Kimes practice report uh, mentioning just what we just read. Uh, on Re Ron Rivera talking about Chase Young, Chase was able to take the reps he was supposed to take. We'll continue to go by what the doctor's plans are and go from there. It's, it, is about it is really weird, Trev. You know what I'm saying, bro? Like, we're going to see what the doctor, like, what? Yeah, I don't. I I don't understand what's going on with the whole thing. I don't know if this is a doctor thing, if it's a team thing, if it's Chase thing. Eventually, we're gonna find out uh, down the road. Even if it's like two, yeah, ten years, years from now when we get the Telltale years. book, but then we don't get the Telltale yeah. book because he overextended <laughs> yeah. and the lawyers get involved. Yeah, yeah something like it's that. So it's just so weird. I I I don't know who to be mad at. Should I be mad at Chase? I don't know. No. Should I be mad at Ron? I don't know. Should I be mad at the doctors? Should I just be mad because it's my guy, you, you know, my team, a guy on my team that I really want to be a force and be out there? But I don't know who to be mad at because nobody's – everyone tries to, like, put it off on somebody else. They'll try mm -hmm. to put it off on this doctor that we have no idea who he is or why the hell can't they get a hold of him uh, until weeks later, R remember when it was back, it was still preseason way back in the preseason. And it was like, Chase is going to have a zoom appointment with the doctor on yes. Friday. And then yes. we never heard anything. And then we get to the next week and it's just like, uh, he hasn't spoken to the doctor yet. They're going to do a zoom meeting. Yeah. Where's this doctor? Why is he so difficult to find? 
and then he clears him, but only clears him for practice, not for the right. game. And now it's right. practice, and we're only clearing him for certain activities during practice. I don't. I. It's just. It's really weird. I've been saying it for three freaking years that the whole thing <laughs> around Chase is just. It just want makes me makes my brain explode sometimes because I don't. And I never, I never saw it coming this way. It, it is interesting, and in and in with Chase Young, with him having dealt with now with two separate injuries that have kind of taken a little bit longer. The first one was absolutely reasonable because even though people were like, "Oh, it was just a CL tear or whatnot." Like this man had to have like both his knees kind of taken care of in surgery. And it was, I, I get that it, the process took longer that most people expected, but I do agree with Trev on this fact that it's the frustrating thing here as a fan is the back and forth and the finding like the, the talk, the, you know, about one thing and the talk about the other thing. And, uh, and yes, Doug, we're talking about practice and, and we can't even get, chase young to do full practices right yet so he he can't play unless he practices he can't go from having a stinger five weeks ago to all of a sudden being in a game against nfl players you have to have some practices where he tests out the contact and we haven't even gotten there yet no and and by the way on that that whole knee injury thing how come we didn't hear about how bad the knee injury was until we started complaining about why it's taken so long for him to come back then it was conveniently, oh well, you know this this one was different. This was yeah. a little bit Cadaver. more. Severe. Bro, they they more do really? sorts of stuff. They do Rizzo, that, really? bro. They did it. They did it with Terry McClure. Nobody knew it was a sprained toe until he was ready to. Till they said that he was ready to go for week one. They said a sprained toe is. I never knew it was a sprained toe until it was about time to play. They always just said toe injury, toe injury. Could be sure. toe. Could be this. Could be that. And then but when you're... he's ready to play, it's like he has a sprained toe. It's like oh well, no wonder. That, the took, more. You know, I think the more apt comparison is the Curtis Samuel year one. Mm. Oh yeah. There's a good one where it was just kind of dragged out. And we all were, we kept asking, why aren't we playing Curtis Samuel? You paid money to this guy. He's supposed Mm -hmm. to be, he's supposed to be your number two. Yeah. And he just kept being, you know, not used as much. And it turns out, Oh, well he was dealing with this injury all year long and it was just like well why are we here we have the entire dmv you know dc fan base here railing on the player when it was coaches and everything and so when you're asking stoner Mm -hmm. get mad at i think you just kind of hold judgment and you just kind of shake your fist at the world and i think the right answer is you know tommy t i think had mentioned it there you know as long as chase young is on this team you wish for him to get back and then mm-hmm. you put a difference on the field jsw as mentioned in the comments there he had himself a pretty decent game in chase young's absence i don't yeah. think jonathan uh that james smith williams is on the same level as chase young right but it's nice that they at least have somebody who can step up next to montez sweat mm-hmm. yeah but well and they're not comparables is all i want to say yeah and 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 that year with Curtis Samuel, let's let's also not forget that that was the Ooh. Fitzpatrick year as well, right? But remember what they were dealing with at that time? Remember we had DEA Ryan or whatever? Ryan, remember yeah. they got they, <laughs> the training staff oh, man, got, got raided? All about DEA Ryan. Right? Yeah. The, the training staff got raided, 
And yeah. I don't know whatever came of that. I'm sure they made deals on the side or behind the scenes or whatever. But so the training staff was kind of in flux for all of that. So you figured they kind of got that figured out, mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem like they have, at least with Chase. And I understand that kind of Chase, we we have to give him, give him the benefit of the doubt because we don't know what his injury is specifically. We're not doctors or anything like that. But with Chase, it's a pattern. If this was happening with Terry McLaurin, like you said, Trev, and we didn't know until all of a sudden they said he's playing, well, that's Terry McLaurin who doesn't have sort of this history. Chase has this history, and I'm not talking about just with injuries, but I'm talking about the other stuff that we've complained that I've complained about. You guys have defended him about the OTAs and all that other stuff yeah. as well. So it's just it's just kind of a, a a pattern with Chase for four years now. This is year four, and he's played a total of give me give me a number nineteen games in four years. Okay. Yeah, sophomore season, he played, what, seven before being injured? He played most of his rookie year and then three games last year. So what's that? He's played by 27. 27. Less than two seasons full. Yeah. Right. And four years so far. And it's just just so frustrating that time and time again, we're dealing with something and we continue to want to give him the benefit of the doubt. At some point, we got to hold him accountable and say, Look, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, which is be on the field and wreak havoc. Which is very true, Sonner. He's more than likely not going to be on the field against the Denver Broncos as Washington faces off against them this Sunday. We asked people to send in their questions and feel free to fill up our chat box with some more. Uh, But we have questions from both our community post and our Twitter page here. And we're going to get started with those. First one from Shadow Steppa. Do you think that the defense will show their weakness of playing lack this week, understanding the Denver offense? I think I misread this one. Underestimating. Bit, but are you gonna are we are we thinking the defense is going to regress this week against the Denver Broncos? And under underestimate Denver's offense. Offense. Mm-hmm. This offense has not been good. The D- Denver offense has been quite, in fact, pitiful. But yeah. Washington can be the get right game for Sean Payton and a guy we all yeah. wanted here a couple of years ago in Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson last week throwing 27 of 34 for 177 yards and two touchdowns. So yeah. not a lot of deep passing, but at least no. much more consistent with what he was doing last year, looking absolutely awful. Yep. And he and he had 5.2 yards per attempt which is mm. nothing. And I went back and I watched the that whole game, the Raiders and Broncos. He threw nothing downfield. Nothing. It was all short passes. His longest completion I think was 21 yards. Now that one was the one downfield pass he made. He also had a 20-yard pass, but that was a 3 yards behind the line and old our old buddy Samaj P Ryan took it down for for 20 yards. So that that one really doesn't even count. All he did was dink it and dunk it, dink it and dunk it. And he's probably going to do that this week again against Washington, and we're probably going to get pretty frustrated because he's going to complete a lot of passes. He's going to get out of the pocket. He's going to move. Russell Wilson can still move. He's not the runner he used to be, but he can still move that pocket and avoid sacks. Um, He only got sacked twice uh, in this game. So I think we're going to get frustrated watching him kind of dump to his tight ends and, and backs. 
and they didn't have Jerry Judy and they may have Jerry Judy this week uh, back and he's a difference maker. So if they have him they're they could possibly look like a totally different offense. I think you got to give them a shot in terms of uh, not underestimating them as oh, yeah. that question was because he's still Russell Wilson. He's still Sean Payton. He's still Jerry Judy. And we have to be careful to not underestimate them. I think that's fair. I think one of the things that uh, where you don't underestimate them, the the Denver offense, because they do have some good offensive-minded players and coaches mm-hmm. with Sean Payton and everything. But one of the things I one of the reasons why I do not think Washington's going to regress is Washington's strength is on the line and the right guard for Denver played a decent game, but the rest of the line was the mm. bottom of the barrel as far as talent. And that's why Las Vegas was able to do so well against them was they just went crazy. You mentioned mm-hmm. Crosby earlier. Just think about what Montez Sweat's going to do. Just think about Absolutely. that interior line being ravaged by Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. And then one, if, if you think you could deal with them, you also got John Ridgeway, who's not going to let up. Right, so I think that this defense again plays very, uh, very well this mm-hmm. week, and I do not expect uh, the the offense of Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos, even if Judy plays, to get right against this Burgundy and Gold. And then, of course, their their top tight end, he's probably going to be out with a hamstring issue, and I think he caught he caught like five passes uh, this past week, so he was their top receiving guy in terms of number of catches he's probably going to be out and like you said that right guard McClinchy, mm-hmm. i think they gave a s ton of money to him in the offseason he was a free agent that my nerves by wanted. the way what's that my nerves what i right tackle M- M- right tackle McGlinchy. yeah sorry yeah, McGlin- right tackle I, yeah yeah McGlinchy. he was san francisco's guy and you know we were talking about bringing him into washington because he was a high-priced free agent and he had did not have a, a very good game. He did no, okay, but um, uh, yeah, he, the rest he, of this line can be taken. And PFF, take it for what you want there. Mm-hmm. PFF had him ranked 51 out of 65 tackles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. so great. Not right? so great. So, yeah, I, I, you can't take it for granted, though, with that offense. They still have some people to be scared. Like I said, Judy comes back. That's a completely different-looking offense. So we'll have to see if he actually plays or not. Fair enough. Let's move on to the next question here from our Twitter here. This is Canada Mike. Shout out to Canada Mike uh, here. Will the Arizona Giants game tell us a lot about us and how we actually did on Sunday? Hmm. So Arizona going up against the Giants. The Giants getting absolutely shellacked Mm -hmm. uh, on Sunday night against the Dallas Cowboys. Washington struggles against the Arizona Cardinals. If that matchup goes the Cardinals way, does that say more about Washington, Trev, or does it say more about the Giants? It says more about it's week two. (laughs) Teams are still learning. Teams are still Still learning each other when things actually mean something in preseason, it was all about the basic fundamentals. Can you run a route? Can you be in a spot? Can you do this? Now it's about like, 
you know, can you read what I'm saying? Can you run this route? Can and, and we and it means something now. Like this is actually counting for something. So mm-hmm. it's week two. Um, nobody was expecting a 40 goose egg game on a Sunday night in the rain up against two division rivals. They're always good games, but that was a shellacking. Yeah. No one expected Aaron Rodgers to go down. No one expected us to have a close game against the Arizona Cardinals with Josh Dobbs, who's been there for two weeks. Mm. It's week one. Everybody's new, new faces, new staff. I don't think that game is going to say anything about how we perform against Arizona because Arizona could go out there and put up 40 points. Giants could put up 30 points and Cardinals win by a touchdown, 40 to 34. What's that say about us then? Uh, Mm. That we probably got away with one against the Cardinals and then we might lose against the Giants because we only put up 20 points. So it's week two. I don't think it says that game will say anything about us. Just say – they are, they should be those two teams have something to be more worried about than what we do in week two. We won, they lost. They got to get a win. We've already done that, so has no bearing on how we look. I think that was very well put, Trev. Everyone in the comment section agreeing. So we're going to move on to our next yeah. question. I mean, that was just perfect, Trev. That was great. This one coming from Deuce Red Zone in the Lab podcast. Shout out to the, uh, Deuce here. Does EB have a leg up knowing? the Denver Broncos player personnel. EB is coming from the AFC West, did get to face off against these Denver Broncos last year twice. Mm -hmm. So does he have a leg up, Stoner? Do you think that that's going to be in Washington's favor here? Yeah, but I don't think it's going to be a a whole lot. Again, because you have a brand new coaching staff in there. The Nathaniel Hackett era has lasted a whole year. And now you've got Sean Payton, but sure. Some of the personnel are still the same. So he can kind of talk about tendencies of personnel and who are guys you really need to focus on. But as Trev said very well in that last part, this is just week one. And now you're into week two. You can't really determine, um, you know, what guys do, what this offense is trying to do, what their defense is trying to do. So you can't learn a whole lot from a team. After uh, one particular week, even though he played against or he coached against them for many years, because it's every year is different. It's week to week, especially year to year. So probably not a whole lot, maybe a little. Maybe it was one of the enough. things we talked about going up against Arizona. We all see the stuff happening outside the building and we think, oh, this is going to be an easy victory. But the wild card is, is you have no clue what Gannon's going to bring to the table, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you, as you mentioned, they get Denver gets rid of Hackett, brings in Sean Payton, very respected around the league, had very successful years out in New Orleans. And, you know, you think that that's going to be bringing Denver back to prominence. They lose week one. How are they going to bounce back? Because Trev... You're right. Their backs are against the wall. Denver Broncos backs are against the wall. I don't think the numbers are still in the favor of a team making the playoffs if they start 0-2. It has gotten better over these last few years uh, with the additional game, but I believe when it was a 16-week season or a 16-game season, you go 0-2 and you're pretty much guaranteed you're not making the playoffs. Mm. So that's still going to be at the back of the mind. It is at Denver. I'm with EP here. This game is a little worrisome. Mm-hmm. Every game mm-hmm. is a little worrisome. Oh, yeah. Think. Well, with when you're a Washington fan, right? No yeah. game is a gimme. And we talked about that even with Arizona, where we all picked we all picked Washington, where there's just no game that's truly a gimme. This game, this this team specifically. Yeah. 
isn't going to run away with a, a victory here. One of the questions we got, which was from TJ here uh, in our community post, he had asked, and he's here in the comment section, he asked, who is going to be the X factor this mm. game for Washington? Since you said, oof, Trev, we'll start with uh, Stoner, and then we'll move on to your X factor, Trev, <laughs> yeah. afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> I think you. the X factor is actually going to be on offense because defensively, even though they only gave up 17 points, to uh uh to the Raiders this past week and Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh I didn't think that they were very good defensively. They definitely did not grade out very well defensively. Even their all pro safety, Justin Simmons, was like 74th out of 78 safeties graded. Not great. So uh they got zero uh sacks, zero tackles for losses. Uh, no, that's not true. Sorry, zero sacks. And they hit Russell Wilson three times the entire game. So they as as much as we want to, um, uh, I'm sorry, they hit Jimmy Garoppolo only three times in the entire game. So there's nothing to really be scared of defensively for this team. So the X factor is going to have to be on the offense. And I think Eric Bieniemy is going to make those adjustments that we all complained about in terms of. Sam Howell had too many deep drops. It wasn't enough uh, quick-hitting plays. So I think Logan Thomas is going to be the X factor in this game because he's going to get a lot of those quick passes right out the gate, especially in the first couple of drives. So Logan Thomas is my X factor. Uh, before we get to yours, Trev, here, Burgundy and Gold for Life asking, do we have weather for this game yet? I just checked. Early mm -hmm. predictions are that it's going to be 77 and sunny. So Ooh, uh, this is a late afternoon game. Uh, just FYI. Well, for, for us. Those, for, yeah, for us, I guess. Yeah, for if you're us. in Denver, TJ mentioning he's about an hour out of out of uh, Denver there. So he, he it's uh, early afternoon for him. For the rest of us, it'll be a late afternoon game. Um, but how about you? We got Logan Thomas. Uh, who the governor uh, has said some fun things in the <laughs> chat. Don't put that one up there. Uh, as far as Logan Thomas is concerned, oh, we all know EP is not on the Logan Thomas train here. So Trev, who is your X factor for the or for Washington against the Denver Broncos? It could be a Bronco. offense. It could be. I'm yeah. going to go on offense as well as Sona did. I'm going to say Terry McLaurin. I'm going to mm. say that because he was quiet game one. Two catches for 31 yards. Longest reception was for 19 yards. Sam Howell missed him in a couple of timing routes. The ball was delayed or early. I think they cleaned that up, and he's going to go to Terry a lot more than he did in the first game. And I think that's going to be the X factor because, I don't know, I guess maybe the, this last game, teams watch film. They think, okay, well, Terry wasn't a factor. We, you know, the, the young quarterback, they're not going to – Nah, dog. <laughs> this mm. game, you're going to see that Terry and Sam connection that we saw all summer long in training camp and preseason. So I think it's going to be Terry McClure get more involved. That That's going to be an interesting matchup for Washington because Pat Sertain was absolutely lights out against Devontae Adams, who yeah. we all know, Stoner, you you love some Devontae love, Adams. Love. He's the best receiver in the game. Now, Ter Terry McLaurin kind of showed up a lot of these number one cornerbacks uh -huh. last year and mm -hmm. had quite big games. And I think that did a good job to elevate him into the national, you know, 
spotlight of like, hey, this guy actually can do something. Now we have a young QB. I like that pick from you, Trev, because if Terry McLaurin has himself a game, especially if he's lining up against Sertain there, that's mm-hmm. gonna be that's gonna be big time for for mm-hmm. Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, metaphor here, uh, joking with this on the the like button, but thank you for the the two dollar super chat. Hey, appreciate hey. metaphor. We do appreciate that as he jokes. If you are watching live with us, make sure you hit that like button. If you're watching the replay, make sure you hit that like button. Of course, as always, make sure hey. you uh, sub up. Hey, Nathan, uh, you talked about Sertain, right? Mm-hmm. Patrick Sertain, who, who was ranked like he was top 10 uh, PFF wise anyway, right? Uh, the guy on the other side, Damari Trash. Harris, 92nd Trash. out of Trash. Yeah. He was the worst corner rated PFF rated. Huh. The oh, we will eat week. all day. We should we should air raid tomorrow. So let's just say I don't know if Sertain is a guy who you know goes with the number one back and forth or or if he just stays on a certain uh side. But uh who's ever not on Sertain's side, that guy should eat, whether it's Terry or Jahan or Curtis, assuming Curtis plays showing up on the injury report today. But yeah, as Jay Glenn says there, Dotson could be the X factor if he's the one that gets the one-on-one with Damari Harris all game. Could put Damari Harris and uh and <laughs> Justin Simmons on this yeah. one side over here. These guys were not good this past week. Somebody's gonna eat, and it's gonna be uh Sam Howell's job to find that matchup and exploit it. it it's gonna be interesting. I think I saw somebody chart uh where Sam Howell was throwing, and he was kind of going on his left side yeah so it'll be interesting to see if he does end up trying to throw a little bit more towards the mathis and simmons side of things mm-hmm. or if certain's is i'm not familiar someone might have to uh to help me with this if you're familiar with it mm-hmm. is pat certain a guy like we know he's the a number one corner he's got a shutdown capabilities yeah. does he follow yeah. the number one wide receiver, or is he more like one of these guys who plays to one side and just shuts down that side of the field? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I was wondering know, that honestly. earlier. Yeah. I'm not sure for certain. He is a dude though. No doubt about dude. that. He's a dude. And, and, and to me, I, I know Terry likes to pick on these number one corners a lot and it's kind of an ego thing where to me, I just stay away from those dudes. I just go and pick <laughs> on the other guy. That's no, what man, I. That's how you get. That's how you we, get tough. There is a shirt out there that is of uh, of the former guy, the Buzz Buzz guy, where it was. It's literally F it. Terry's out there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, sometimes right. you just have to trust him there, yeah, and sometimes true. you have to give big time appreciation to the people who support you. And metaphor is is, is on it again on offense. Jahan Solo are is our X factor. Forbes is the X factor on defense. We've all Hmm. given an offensive guy for this. Is there anybody on defense who you think can be the X factor? And and I'm going to, I'm going to take one from TJ here because TJ did put on there. We can't pick Sam Howe as the X factor. So on defense, you can't pick Montez sweat, Jonathan Allen, or Deron Payne. Who's your, who is your X factor this week against the Denver Broncos? I'm going to say whoever lines up against Jerry Judy, assuming he's playing. 
Hmm. You take away Jared Judy, their offense is nothing. You just saw it yeah. this past Sunday. And Stutter says Jared Judy on the field is a completely different game plan, which is very true. Hmm. Jared Judy is no slouch. He just has, hasn't had good quarterback play, and he's been injured a lot too. But we all knew where he was in Alabama. So I'm going to say if it's Forbes, if it's BSJ, if it's Kendall Fuller, if it's, I don't know, Percy Butler a couple of times, anybody in the defensive backfield, whoever's guarding him for the majority of the game is the X Factor. You take him away, you take uh, Russell Wilson's air raid game away. So I got a good one for you. Uh, they have uh, a couple, uh, they have a very good tandem running back room with Javante Williams and Samad J.P. Ryan. I mean, go look at what Williams did last year touchdowns. I think yeah, he was 17, yeah. 17 them, with, with uh, like that, Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he's a dude as well. Now he, he didn't get as many touches as, as you might've liked uh, for, for running the ball uh, because they couldn't run extremely well against uh, the Raiders. So I will, I'm going to say the X factor is going to be, especially on defense is going to be Cody Barton and Cody Barton did not have a good game against uh, Arizona. No, and we've not. we've all seen the highlight of him getting run basically into the tunnel, <laughs> getting blocked all the way into the tunnel by one guy. He's not good at getting off blocks, and he's not good at he, he's good at reading a hole and then running right past the running back. So I think he's going to be a a big factor on defense to shut down that running back and force Russell to throw when uh, uh, when he has uh, when he has trouble getting to his uh, running backs and tight ends. That's not the Javante Williams from Detroit. No, Javante Williams came from North Carolina with Sam House. This is going to be a reunion on Sunday for Sam. Oh, my bad. I I apologize. I got the wrong one then. Yeah, that's he. Jamal Williams is the one. Yeah, Jamal Williams is that. So last year, uh, big time difference there. The longest rush was 17 yards for Javante Williams. He uh, had four games played, 47 carries, 204 yards. So not exactly a, a a true threat there, but it will be important for this defense to stop the run game, oh, keep yeah. everything in front of them. And therefore, my X factor is going to be one of our safeties, Ooh. and it's going to be Defoe. So we all know Cam Curl can ball. Mm-hmm. We all know Cam Curl is going to do his job close to the line of scrimmage. What I want is Defoe to wreak havoc to make sure that that Wilson does not get a big-time uh, pass play against Washington and makes yeah. Wilson pay if he lobs it up there, if Judy's playing, or maybe one of those other uh, wide receivers that they have. Bringing us to our next question here, those deep passes, is JG asking, will there be a pass completion of 40 or more yards? One of the big discussions on Mm -hmm. Twitter today was how Sam Howe did not have a pass completed of 20 or more air yards. Hmm. Attempted even, actually, is, is how it came down. The one that he did have was a pass interference uh, against uh, Tara McLaurin, so that didn't end up counting in the stat sheet. So, mm-hmm. do you guys think, Trev, with you, Sam Howe, we're going to see a forty-yard completion? So the ball is this where the ball has to travel? In the I'm air not talking yards? air yards. I think I brought up the air yards as a, a in context here. Yeah, Sam didn't even have 
you know, a pass that went 20 yards in the air, which right. is surprising because he hasn't, he has a cannon. Yes. Right. The guy has um, an a- absolute hose, as uh, we've heard Dan Orvolovsky and others say. I'm basing this off the answer that my answer off of what Stoner said about the corner opposite Sertan. If that's the case, yes, we're going to air it out. Hmm. Um, I really don't know who the D-backs were for Arizona, but it seems like Sam was forcing a lot more rather than, you know, quarterback play was that was was good. Um, but, yeah, if we if we attack the other side of the field opposite the Pep Sertan, if Sam's, you know, you already see if Sam sees an, a, a, an inch of a step that our guy has on his defender, he's launching it because mm. he knows this guy can go get it. So I do think there would be at least an attempt of a of a of a couple bombs on Sunday. I, I mean, you got to. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I don't, you think, don't he think will. So? No, because I I think he EB has heard the criticism about the passing game from this past week. First of all, that they were passing way too much in the first half. And then second of all, uh, a lot of them were deep drops, long developing plays instead of trying to offset a weak offensive line and getting these passes out quick. So I think it's going to be a lot of quick games. It's going to be a lot of slants, a lot of three yard outs, a lot of dump offs to tight ends, a lot more screens. They only had a total of four screens, I believe. In, in that game might have been only three i think it was yeah, i think it was three yeah they had three screen three screen setups they only actually threw two screens so <laughs> i think it's going to be more of that i there's just a lot that's going to go into week two i think they're going to have a lot of short passes i agree with you stoner i think they're going to have a lot of short passes and they also will have a 40 yard completion yeah. now mm. Air yards wise, maybe not so much. Maybe there will be a nice big bomb too, Deami Brown. Hmm. But I think that you're probably going to see uh, Jahan Dotson catch one of these uh, quicker passes and like the 10 yard marker and just be able to run into open field. Sam Howell has the accuracy. These wide receivers have the speed, so mm-hmm. they can take a short pass and take put it into big yardage. And I think. You'll see something like that as Washington looks to get into a rhythm. We appreciate all the questions that were sent to us, both through the community page and our Twitter page. Denver Broncos coming up here as week two opponent for the Washington Commanders. Before we get to our week two game predictions in the sense of, you know, what how we feel the game's going to play out. How about we get our score predictions in right now here during the game? Mm, score predictions. Trev, you go first. Ha <laughs> I said it. You have to go first. <laughs> All right. I'm going to write it down. Washington 23, Broncos 17. 24-17, Washington. 23-17. 23-17? Well, I mean, as long as Jamal Williams is gets traded to Denver <laughs> and gets a bunch of touchdowns, I don't know if that's going to be a good score or not. All right. Uh, Nathan? Yeah, you still don't have one, huh? Okay, because he, yeah. he wants to go. <laughs> I'm stalling for time. He, he's trying to go against uh, us here. I think this is a very interesting game. That definitely. And Code Talker, I see your question. I'm going to get to that one here after we do some score predictions. 
TJ, 24-17, Commanders, Allison, 14-10, Washington. PCC, 16, Broncos can't score, 17. Metaphor, 27-12, Dubs. Gus Bus, 24-23, Commanders. Joseph, 26-23, Joey Sly, game-winning field goal. I love that one, Joseph. Commanders, 19-13, that, 27-19, Commanders. Ooh. Ooh. I was thinking 16 to 13. Mm. <laughs> like this? Be, uh... Oh, look at that. In overtime, next revelation saying 13 to 16 Washington overtime. That's pretty close to what I was thinking. I'm going to go with Denver. Yeah, I kind of felt that one coming. Going to go. I think, I think Washington is still trying to come together. And I think they could potentially surprise the Bills in week three. But this week, we're still going to see. <laughs> we're My still going to see some of those shot. growing, growing pains. Holy moly. Right. Oh, Tommy T. Wow. Wow. I need Our a wow tees. button. I'm going to find I'm going to find a wow, wow. Button for Tommy T. A big E 89 to two. That deserves a wow. Um, all right. So this is what I got for you. I, I, I kind of agree that it is going to be a lower scoring game. This is both two offenses that haven't kind of found their footing yet after one game. I get it. Uh, both have the potential to score, uh, quite a lot of points, but I do think it's going to be a lower scoring game, but it's going to be a very clean game in terms of there's not going to be a lot of turnovers, maybe one on each side. Um, so I'm going to go lower scoring, and I'm also a little bit more than what Nathan's got, though. Kind of right in between you guys. But I think it's going to be very close to the same score as last week, and I'm going to have it 20 to 17. Sorry, man. I think Denver's going to win. I think they're the more desperate team because they lost game one at home. This is game two at home. They're they're more desperate to, to get a win right now, so they're going to – I don't, I don't want to say they're going to play harder, but they're going to have more to play for. This is their homecoming week or their alumni weekend or whatever. And so they can't afford to go down 0-2, especially both of them at home with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. I think it's going to be Denver, 20-17. to We'll see how it plays out. I, I, I'm interested to see how the game predictions go because my bold predictions will probably be against my uh, score prediction but we won't we won't worry about that. What we will worry about is Code Talker's question here. We did, you know, push to people to give us some questions to answer as we were talking about the game here. Mm. Code Talker says for the panel, does Brian Robinson fit into an RPO offense? Well, I mean, why not? Why, why would any running back not fit into an RPO? Does it take a different kind of running back? To be an RPO running back, maybe one that can pass block better than another one because you don't always hand it off, and he just ends up being a. I don't know. That's a good yeah, question. Yeah, I'm just there. I'm just curious if if there's a difference. I, I do than think an RPO that it is back. because when you look at like a Shanahan system, a zone uh, run, uh, a zone blocking, zone blocking. system, mm-hmm. there's certain running backs that fit better there, right? And there's going to okay. be certain running backs that work better in an RPO. Usually, ones who can go from zero to 60 like this. Maybe their, their long-term speed isn't uh, great, but their short quickness speed mm. is good because they have to make those quick decisions, quick you know moves 
and a uh, run pass option scheme. Also, run pass uh, an RPO back is going to have to be a threat as a receiving back. And Ooh, that is good. where Brian Robinson, I think, struggles as I'm trying to get rid of some of that excess noise coming in my way. The That's where I think Brian Robinson will struggle in an RPO offense. I don't think he's bad for it. I don't think he's mm-hmm. a bad fit. I don't think he's the ideal running back in that kind of offense. Okay. Right. I got you. So, I like that. Good good question there. We're being kicked off our channel by metaphor. Uh, the governor's is unsubbing and disliking this hey. video. Sometimes you have to, uh, sometimes you have to pick against the, the, uh, the, the team you the love. Good guys. Yeah. Just, just to, you mentally try to spur them on, right? Like you just want them to prove you wrong, and I want them to prove us wrong. Yep. And absolutely. Trev's right. I want Trev to get a win here because <laughs> I'm gonna get a win for sure. Lord knows he never gets any wins in Dala Dala, <laughs> and that's coming up here. Our week two <laughs> game can't. predictions here in the cooldown. Stay with us and get those game predictions ready. Make them bold. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.